My name is Tim Barkholtz. I work for ExxonMobil, and I'm working on technology for CO2 capture. At ExxonMobil, we're working on a range of solutions, including a new way to capture carbon at natural gas power plants. Learn more at energyfactor.com. This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go again. So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Ennis Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Ennis Cantor, and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We are part of DailyThunder.com, also Almighty Baller Radio. With me today, my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, how's it going? Great. What about you? Uh, I'm doing awesome. And we got basketball here in 36 days. So, okay. getting better by the day. Uh, I first want to address, we're, we're going to talk about lineups. I said I put a tweet out yesterday that we're going to look at some OKC lineups today. I first wanted to talk about a couple news items. Number one is there is the rumor that Dwayne Wade is going to be bought out by the Chicago Bulls. I don't know when. I don't know if it's going to take him being very upset and then taking taking kind of a pay cut to make that happen, which he probably will. Uh, but there have been lists out there. I don't really know where they're coming from, but somehow Oklahoma City is finding their way onto these Dwayne Wade buyout candidate lists. And... A lot of people are kind of excited about that. I am not one of them. <laughs> um, but, uh, McKelly, what do you, what do you think about Dwayne Wade and his fit with the Thunder? Uh, oh boy. This, this is not the, the like the buyout candidate I, I will look for. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, I, I don't see why he makes sense other than that. His name is Dwayne Wade, and probably people will come to the building just to see him in mm-hmm. in, some, in uh, OKC uniform. But I mean, Dwayne Wade is aging like not well. Let, let's say that uh, he's not putting uh, a shot, uh, a reliable three point shoot, three point shot in his and uh, uh, the stuff that he can regularly do on the court. Uh, and so, I mean, why do we want to to bring him over? He will basically eat up all the minutes that Alex Sabrinas is probably going to play if he's uh, healthy enough. Um, and it doesn't fit with Russ. Uh, like, he really doesn't fit with Russ. And so I, I, I would really, like, look uh, somewhere else and don't care about uh, Dwayne Wade. And probably OKC is not uh, on the top of the list. Yeah. Yeah, I think that he will go to Cleveland. He'll go to back to Miami. He even looked like maybe even the Clippers or something like that, where he can have an actual role. Here in OKC, he'd have to come off the bench. Like you said, take Alex Sabrinas' minutes, which I don't like, because this team needs shooting so bad. And then you're bringing in a high-usage, non-shooting two-guard that he can facilitate a little bit. Like I think he helps in some areas, but I don't think that he helps in the areas that the Thunder need, in particular, one, shooting, and two, they need they need low lower usage guys uh, to complement Russell Westbrook because I don't think that you close a game with Russ and Dwayne Wade and Paul George. I just don't think that makes a ton of sense. Um, mostly because he can't stretch the floor. That you can you don't really have to guard him because you're not going to put the ball in Dwayne Wade's hands in the last five minutes of a game. 
and plus, he was the Chicago Bulls of last season were six points worse when he was on the court. And it's his lack of try hard on defense. It's his inability to shoot. It's his high usage rate. I mean, he did score. Like, if you look at his raw stats, mm-hmm. I mean, people could argue, oh, the dude scored 18 points a game last season. Well, he took 16 shots to yeah, get 18 yeah. points a game. Uh, he's not an efficient player anymore. And I just don't, I just don't see him complimenting the stars. And if he was like a star, like if he was Dwayne Wade from like four years ago, I'd be like, yeah, that would be amazing. Uh, but he's not that guy anymore. And I just don't, I just don't see how he's helpful to this team unless he takes on a six man role where he doesn't close games. And I just don't, I don't see him agreeing to do something like that. Yeah, and he, he, like you spoke too gently about his defense because he's he's not trying. Like he's not doing anything on that end. Right. And I mean, OKC like needs a player that can play defense besides Russell Westbrook. So uh, like when paired with Russell Westbrook. So I I really don't see why uh, he will he will fit well. Maybe maybe like last year he basically took a one year vacation, like twenty five million vacation, yeah. uh, and that which is which is very nice. Like uh, but even if you take like his last year in Miami, he was okay. But I mean, he's like it's like. Two years ago, and player players age, um, player like him, like don't age so well, and so I mean he, he will probably be slightly worse than that anyway, and and you have to play him a lot of minutes, and as you said, I mean you have to give him the ball because it's Dwayne Wade, and I, I don't think that this uh, like that this will work. If you want to to take another guy that has high usage. It is fine, but he has to 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 be more um, uh, say you have to, to 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 choose the right fit. And yeah. having a shooting guard which is like not oversized, and, and like doing Wade, is not the best fit uh, with Russell Westbrook. No, no, he's not. And I'm not a huge fan of this trade idea, but the Carmelo Anthony potential trade. Uh, Oklahoma City is interested, and I don't. I don't know if it's a possibility because it all hinges on Carmelo Anthony wanting to come here and all indications are that he wants to be in Houston and also all indications say that they can't get a deal done uh, because they don't really have the assets necessary to get him and the uh, the Knicks don't want Ryan Anderson, which I don't blame them. Uh, they, I, if I were them, I'd just keep Melo over taking on Ryan Anderson's deal. Uh, oh, sure. So... I'd be more in favor of Melo just because I think that he is more of a pure scorer. He actually does stretch the floor a little bit. Uh, I think that he can play against most other teams. And and his fit at the four, I think that the Thunder could use an upgrade at the four, although I love Patrick Patterson. I love what he's going to bring. Uh, I just don't – I'm not certain that Patterson's going to be healthy. I'm not – I think there's just more question marks to that position. I think Melo can shore those up a little bit. Uh, being a scorer and help stretch the floor even even more than what a uh, Patrick Patterson would, um, but overall, I don't I don't think that he helps the Thunder. Maybe he helps them get to the Western Conference Finals. I don't think that he really raises their ceiling against the Warriors, though. 
Well, it depends which version of Carmelo you get. Uh, if you if you can get like for six games or seven games in the playoff, uh, like FIBA Melo, for sure. Like, like I will do the trade like immediately. Mm-hmm. And like FIBA Carmelo Anthony is probably the best player on earth um, because he, he, he's doing like when he plays with that rules, he's doing everything. That is that modern players should do, um, and if you can, like, if you can get like fifty percent of that in the regular season, I think that is a huge upgrade on Patterson, mm-hmm. which I love, I like as a player. But Patterson has like a really good thing about Patrick Patterson that is that you don't have to play him thirty-five minutes. Right. If if you play him like eighteen to twenty, he's effective in those minutes, and then you have room to play Melo and and stuff like that. Um, so. If like if Melo waves then the not right, I will I will look at him actually uh, because he, he's a star. He has like two years. So he will not opt out uh, from the deal uh, unless something crazy happens because twenty six millions are a huge figure and he, he will not gon- going to take the same amount mm-hmm. next year. And so you get Melo two years and Melo will bring people and probably Melo will fit better with, with Russ even if he wants the ball. Uh, even if you want civil. But yeah. if you have like three stars, probably they will figure it out. Yeah. And Mello, although I'm not a huge fan of, of his current game, you're right that he is a star and he'll attract other players. Like the Thunder become an even bigger buyout candidate team, you know, come you know, the end of February, uh, whenever maybe Ray Felton's not any good. I mean, that's definitely possible. And maybe there's a point guard that come, becomes available after a buyout. I think that they would more heavily consider OKC with Melo here just because of his influence. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, again, I'd be shocked if he wages no trade for OKC. But I do think that if you're given the options between the two, between a, a D-Wade and a Melo, I think Melo makes way more sense just because of the gravity that he has and his ability to play the four. And he's not going to take minutes. Like, he basically take. Jeremy Grant's minutes is what he would do. And Jeremy Grant could even be a part of the trade. And some people would, I mean, I think Jeremy Grant's a fine player, uh, but I also don't, I don't know how good he is. And we know for sure that Melo can come in and play a role, play 25 to 30 minutes a game and be productive. So it's, that's, that one's kind of a no brainer to me. The D, the D Wade thing, I, I'd stay away. Yep. Uh, next. Our guy Brett Dawson wrote an article over the weekend talking about Paul George and how he's gotten stronger, but is keeping it as his athleticism. Uh, it's really good stuff. You should go check it out at newsok.com. I'm just really excited for Paul George, man. I think that some of that's getting lost. Like, there's so many of these stories. You have like the tampering story. You have the Russell Westbrook won't sign his extension. You have all these people that. Uh, are talking about how, oh, there's just no way that Paul George is going to re-sign with OKC. He's going to go to the Lakers. And I feel like a lot of people already have a Lakers uniform on him. But the truth is, he is with the Thunder. He is improving. He is in his prime. And it's just exciting to see that he is working really hard and really could come in and have the best season of his career here in OKC with more space, with better players around him. Uh, this is, it's exciting. And I think that, you know, reading Brett's piece will get you excited about Paul George and, and just the fact that he is here in OKC, at least for one season. Yeah. I mean, like this is, this should not be discounted. I mean, having Paul George for one season is a big thing because until he's gone, he's here. 
and and I'm sure that OKC and all the players will make this year count because they yeah. know they have like a like a special special opportunity uh, with a deadline. Which is very important to, for like maximize um, like your effort and, and your focus and everything. Um, I mean, I read Brett articles, which is great. Um, probably some of it is the usual pre um, uh, like pre training camp routine to say, well, I'm stronger, I'm faster, right. I'm blah blah blah. Muscle but, watch, yeah, 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 sure. But but I I'm sure he's working on on like on strength because he probably. He understood that, like playing him at the four, especially on defense on switches, is something that will will be even more more like common in the coming years. Mm-hmm. So he has to to address that part of his game. Um, he is a great defender, but if he can add some can add some muscle, some strength that can allow him to to be effective as a post defender, uh, that that will be great. Yeah. Because he, you don't have to like to defend like big four all the time, mm-hmm. but you, if you are able to switch on them and to hold your ground, that is that is great. And also on offense, uh, I mean, having like some like uh, when you when you get older, um, weight is not always good. But if you can like be a little bit stronger, that will affect the game as well. Yeah. And so I'm um, I'm. Hopefully he's he's retaining all his quickness and athleticism and and he's got some muscle in him. So it, it is it is good. If if that is what what is advertised in that piece is what is actually happening, that is OKC fans should be really really happy yes. to read really hear that. Yeah, and I think this leads into our discussion on lineups because if he is stronger, I think that makes this Thunder team even more versatile than they were before. Uh, we're going to talk about which lineups are our favorites, what we're looking forward to seeing, what we hope Billy Donovan will do. Uh, Michele, start off with give give me a lineup that you're excited about or ex- you're excited to see this season. Uh, can I start with a very weird one? Uh, yeah, like, yeah. like the weirder one. Okay, so uh, to to give a little bit of context, basically uh, yesterday you told me about the topic, and so I, I dive in, into numbers. I dove into numbers, and I I took all the lineups from the past season, and I basically sub in new players and and took out uh, old players, and I updated the ratings using the SPN RPM, which is um, like a metric that I think you discuss it here in the pod like a lot of times so yeah. uh, people know and the lineup with the greatest uh, net rating uh, is a weird one which is Westbrook, Abridas, uh, Paul George, Enes Kanter and Steven Adams mm-hmm. so I mean this this was a lineup that uh, Billy Donovan used uh, for 80 to 90 minutes last season. So not much, but it was like the in, on the top 10 of lineup used last season. And it was already effective um, with Andre Robertson uh, instead, of, uh, instead of Paul George. If you sub in Paul George, you get a ton of spacing. Uh, with that lineup because in, in the old lineup you have three players that were not able to shoot any three-pointers and now you have only two which are two of the greatest rebounders in the game and this is why the, that lineup is so effective and it's so interesting to me because it, it basically you have great rebounders and a good amount of shooters mm-hmm. and for some, in some sense this is how Enes Kanter could work this season and we, we already discussed that um, uh, 
last week. If Ennis has a three-point shot, then this lineup, this lineup becomes very, very dangerous. I know that this is not a switchy modern lineup, but I think it was interesting that this is, is the one with the, the greatest um, net rating above all the uh, lineups in my test. Yeah, that is interesting. And the canner uh, with Adam's lineups typically look pretty good. And I think some of it is that they're, when they do use those guys against teams like Memphis, and I know that they just destroyed the New York Knicks last season with that kind of lineup. Uh, you can play that lineup against the Utah Jazz. Uh, I'm trying to look, even probably like the Trailblazers, now that they have Nurkic, they'll play, they'll play bigger. Uh, there are a lot of teams, and a lot of people think like, oh, that you can never play Kanner and Adams together, and I'm probably guilty of saying that. Uh, but there are a lot of teams that are going to pr- play traditional bigs. The Pelicans, obviously. The Spurs. Uh, also Denver. Denver, this year. sure. Yeah. And With Millsap and Jokic. Yeah, and I, I think that... And even like the Wizards. I think that there, there are a lot of teams, and we... We always do ourselves a massive disservice whenever we discuss teams, and we basically only talk about how they would fare against the Golden State Warriors or in this like small ball or even against like the Rockets. And whenever we think about what teams can do, we only think about them in the context against those type of teams. Well, the truth is that they play all these other teams. They have 82 games, and they can play big. Uh, and it, I think that, that that lineup is interesting. Uh, especially now that you get to add Paul George to it. I'm hoping that they play that Westbrook, Abrinas, George a lot because I think that that has a ton of potential offensively. Uh, that yep. you, I just don't think you can guard it. Um, and then you have Adams and Canner. I think that that lineup, and I think one thing that the Thunder struggled with last season is that they could never get their best five players out on the court at the same time. Like it just, it didn't fit that way. And I think that, where do you stand on this? Because in the SI Top 100, Canner's outside of the Top 100, and Patrick Patterson is inside it. Uh, but I think that Canner has more overall talent than Patterson, but I think Patterson just has the maybe the right kind of talent to be able to stay on the yeah. court longer. Uh, where, do you, where do you stand on, like, who are the Thunder's best five players, and can they be on the court at the same time? Well, this is this is tricky. I mean, um, Patrick Patterson is more suited to play modern basketball. Uh, but again, I discussed that maybe like um, at the beginning of the summer about Ennis' uh, impact in in the playoff. So the issue with Ennis in the playoff was not just in the defensive end; it was in the offensive on the offensive side. He couldn't score on, yeah. on any, and we discussed that also last week. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that with this kind of lineup, Ennis is able to score, and they will rebound a lot. So if he, Patrick Patterson is not a good rebounder by any measure. So uh, like OKC with with Patrick Patterson will have like great shooting, but not so great offensive rebounding. And so it depends on what you what you have already. I think that in this team, the value of the two could be similar if Ennis has a good season. Because, I mean, if you take like the first, like maybe the, the, the January and February uh, last year, if, if Ennis can play like that, then he becomes more valuable to me. 
because you can replace Patterson with with um, you can play for example um, Abrines, George, and Robertson plus a center. That is also a, a lineup that you can play. Mm-hmm. And so, as a small ball four, you can play George. If Enes is able to to exploit his rebounding ability and he plays in lineups with more spacing, then he becomes very valuable to the to the team. So I think I think it's close to even between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think I agree with that. Uh, I think it's easy to underwrite Enes Canner and what he can do. He's an elite rebounder. And he's an elite scorer. And like you said, he didn't show that in the postseason. But I think a lot of that is in his head. And I think some of it stemmed from the injury that he had. And I expect him to have a really big season. Uh, I, I also expect Patterson to have a bigger role on this team if he's healthy uh, as well. I just think that they've got maybe some of the best big man depth in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, lineups with with uh, with Kanter and Adams has like sixty percent of rebound percentage, which is like <laughs> cr- crazy good. Basically, you're taking like one rebounds per two shots uh, on offense. So it, it's really really huge uh, if you if you can play them with with, with a lineup that that has spacing. So yeah, I mean, I I think that was one of the problems last year. He was playing with no spacing at all and with no good players around him. Yes, yeah, that's that's a problem, and they were yeah. trying to and they were trying to make him the facilitator on the second unit, and it worked for like twenty games, or maybe yeah. even less than that. Um, all right, what's our next lineup? So uh, let's let's take a more conventional lineup. Well, not conventional, but at least uh, something that um, people wants to hear. And I would go with uh, a lineup that has a good rating, like plus 15, which is uh, Westbrook, Robertson, George, Grant, and Patterson. So this lineup is like your prototype, all defense, small ball lineup. And the, the lineup I started with was Westbrook, Oladipo, Robertson, Grant, and Adams. So I subbed George for Oladipo and Patterson for Adams. And this will lead to a very good lineup, like plus 15 net rating. But the point is that the spacing that the lineup had was bad. And here I'm using the rating of Nick Shiria. Uh, which basically did a huge project on um, characterize the spacing that each lineup has. You can check it out on Twitter. And these almost double the space that, that they have. So from the um, 30% percentile, it goes to um, 66 percentile. Hmm. So now it becomes a, a lineup with good spacing. And I think that this lineup will suffer a lot in terms of rebounding because you have yes. like no great uh, rebound uh, players in the like as a four and a five. But you have George and Westbrook, which are above average for their position. And also Robertson is um, an above average rebounder for his position. Hmm. In this lineup, probably Robertson is the one who screams. Sure. And 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 you have Patterson on the corner, Grant on the other corner, and then you play uh, Westbrook and George uh, as your main creators. I think this lineup is interesting because you have like tons of size. Uh, all player can switch against basically anyone, and so I think that this would would be a lineup that Billy Donovan will use a lot to close games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean this is a. I talked about the other one not being a lineup that you would play against the Warriors or the Rockets. This is one you could definitely see closing games and you should. against the Warriors and the Rockets. 
Uh, I guess my only question would be is Steven Adams is incredibly valuable. Do you think that they will sit him uh, against teams like the Warriors or the Rockets at the end of games? That's that's a tricky one. Um, it I guess it, it really depends. I guess it depends on who if if they're playing. I mean, the Warriors likely won't play a center, but the Rockets might. Yeah, yeah. If if, if Capella is out there, sure, mm-hmm. sure. And um, and you may even tweak this lineup um, if you think that Robertson is the, your de facto four. Then as you, you can also put Abrines in there yeah. and, and and do a lineup which is more like offensive oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can hide one player on defense, especially if he's not a big guy, sure. uh, because he will not be targeted that much on pick and roll. And Alex. He he knows where to be. He's not effective because his last season was like his first season in the NBA. He he, he wasn't okay physically, so he, he wasn't already uh, like like he was a rookie. Uh, full stop. So he, he, like pick and roll defense is really hard, and I think that these two lineups without Adams could be used. Um, coming back to your question, I mean Adams is great, so. I think Billy will try to play him a lot, but sometimes with like with with players like Harden or or Curry, it's like a, no big guy can 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 guard the pick and roll properly right. if if those are the players. And so you give it a try. I'm sure that he will try. And but sometimes, I mean, last year, like the lineup with without centers in the end of games. Like were very successful, so I I can see Billy going back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think it makes sense. I, this is this is also the point where I want to say I hope that Jeremy Grant's shooting is real <laughs> because like if it yeah. is real, the ceiling for this team is higher because then you can play those lineups and then teams do have to guard him. Like if he can even shoot thirty five or thirty six percent from three on the season on a lot of attempts then this it it really changes a lot for this team and you can play him in these lineups and he can be your weak side shot blocker and you can go ultra small and use him a lot and i think the thunder do intend to do that uh but is he going to regress and i i honestly i have no idea i think that that's one of the big things that i'm going to watch for in the first couple months of the season is what is Grant's role, and is he hitting his shots? Because if he can hit that corner three, uh, he's a he's a very valuable player, and he's still I, be, I believe he's still twenty two, which seems odd. I feel like he's been twenty two for the last four years, but he's I mean he's he's a lot of the Thunder season hinges on it. Can he play a significant role, and is he a good defender and a good shooter? Because if he is, this team is probably better than what people think. Yeah, and also, I mean, this year you will have like the perfect player to learn from, because I mean, the idea is that the the role that Grant should play is the role Patrick Patterson is playing right now. Mm-hmm. So being okay on defense, maybe Grant has more upside because he's a far better athlete. But doing the thing that Patterson does on offense, so being ready for a corner three, attack the the closeout, full stop. This is the thing that you have to do. And maybe trying to, once in a while, make a good pass. 
this is the thing that that Jeremy should learn uh, from Patterson. And I mean, he's a veteran, and veterans always help on this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, also on that, and I'm 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 very hell, hell, like hopeful uh, about uh, about next season for Jeremy because even if his shooting is not like 40% as you said I mean he he can be valuable if if you can leave if you can park him on the corner and know that this shot is like effective at least they will not guard him anyway uh, for the first month I'm sure whereas Patterson has more gravity but if he if he keep up like uh, the first couple of months then then they will probably uh, guard him like a little bit more uh, as they did with Thomas last season sure yeah and I mean, unless like some kind of crazy trade happens, like the mellow trade or something like that, I don't suspect that the, that that will happen. Uh, Jeremy Grant's progression will be huge in the playoffs. It'll be huge mm-hmm. against the Warriors. It'll be huge against the Rockets because if the Thunder are able to grab, you know, the three seed and the Rockets are the two seed, then that second round series, uh, Jeremy That'd Grant, be amazing. they will need Jeremy Grant to be a good player. Uh, yes. Because then beyond that, I mean, then like if he if he can't play, then who are we talking about? You're talking about like trying Kyle Singler again, like they did. I mean, then then things go really bad. Um, so I, I suspect that either he's going to be the player the Thunder think he can be, or they'll probably go get somebody else. Would be my guess because I I, yeah, I, I think that the Singler experiment is over. Like it's been over, but it's over. Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe Please, it will. Don't open the door, back, McKelly. <laughs> close the door. It's over. Oh, I mean, I mean, yes. But, I mean, at least at uh, like we will see a training camp with, with which new feature it will <laughs> will give us. Like, last year was floating. Maybe this year will be something else. I'm, okay. yes. I'm all about that. If he can give us, uh, if he can wear a suit and give us some comic relief, that's his role. That's his five million dollar role this season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's the next lineup, McKelly? So, I mean, again, this lineup is um, is a weird one because it's a second unit lineup. So, it, I, I mentioned that because uh, we we talk about uh, Kristen Impact last season. Mm-hmm. So, the lineup was Kristen Oladipo, Abrines, Sabonis, and Kanter. It was actually not bad. Okay, it was one of the only lineup, like the few lineup in as that Donovan used as a second unit that worked. Uh, he used it mostly when Kanter was rolling with his passing in January and February. So now you take out Kristen, Oladipo, and Sabonis, and you put Felton, George, and Patterson. This this could be a line, like a, a real lineup yeah. that plays in the second quarter of the game. You sub out uh, George early, then you put him back when you sub out Russ, and then you you, you maybe sub in again Patterson that you sub uh, as like um, to put in counter with Adams. So that 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 could be actually something that Donovan could do. And now you're speaking about a lineup that has a plus thirty net rating, and before it was it was mildly successful, yeah. so plus five. Or so. so and this lineup has a new spacing rating that is through the roof, one of the best. Yeah, because everyone can space the floor besides Kanter. And if and if Ennis actually puts up a shot this season, then then you you are speaking about five guys that can shoot and can actually defend. Because I mean, George Patterson and Felton are okay. You have two bad defenders, but for the second unit, is okay. This is okay. And so having a real player instead of Kristen actually helps. 
Yeah, I think, <laughs> and I think you're right. This is a lineup that we'll probably see. And just to think that the, the Thunder last season just suffered when Russ went to the bench. And it's just not going to be the case. And that's why another reason why I think the Thunder are just so underrated going into this season is that they're not going to have these lineups that just completely die. Uh, you have this lineup here where you can basically run Paul George as your primary ball handler. Felton in the corner, and you, you discussed last week that he's been a really good corner three-point shooter. Uh, you have Patterson in the other corner, Brinus on the wing, and then Kanner as your pick-and-roll guy. Like, how do you guard a, a Paul George and his Kanner pick-and-roll? Like, you just you can't. I mean, the the options are, you know, you're passing to one of the best role guys in the league because uh, Ennis can just do so much with his footwork around the basket. And then you have Paul George who can get all the way to the basket and you've got effective shooters all over. Uh, I think it will be unstoppable offensively and defensively. Like you said, there's some there's some ways to target that unit and for them to be exploited, of course. But we're talking yes. about a second unit. Uh, lineup, but if Billy staggers Russ and Paul George, which I expect him to, because he was the, I mean, um, the, the Thunder couldn't get Russ and KD to stagger until Billy came in, and so I expect that to be from day one they're going to stagger those two. Um, it's it's really interesting. I think it makes the Thunder uh, a more dangerous team than than what a lot of people are putting them at. Yeah, I mean, again, five player, four players out and Cantor that can play on the move. This yeah. is a recipe for success in the second unit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for that. And I think that at the very least, I think Felton, if he maybe he's not an effective at running the second unit. I mean, that's that's a possibility. But I do think that he is a, a acceptable enough defender and also an acceptable enough scorer that I think that he'll, he still will be able to be used on the second unit. And you can use Paul George as your primary ball handler. And he would probably like that. So it's, it's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, what's next? So I think we can, uh, we can go to the actual starting lineup, which yeah. we didn't discuss yet. Um, so the number of those lineups are, are weird because they are, these are not the best lineup uh, that I came up with. Mainly because, like, RPM really undervalue George's defense. Um, George was minus 0.09, mm-hmm. uh, while Oladipo was plus 1.56, I guess. So it's a big, it's a big uh, drop in defense according to RPM production. So if you sub in George uh, and Patterson for Oladipo and Sabonis, actually your defense becomes worst. Because Sabonis and Oladipo were great in RPM defense. Offensively, not so much. And so you gain uh, from the um, previous year starting lineup and you go around plus 14, which is great. I mean, if, if that is the production that, that uh, we will have from this lineup, I think OKC will be uh, in the top three of the West because having a starting lineup with this kind of net rating um, is great. And also this was the lineup with the most minutes. So it's kind of the... the, the the most reliable of the of the things that we that we were discussing that we discussed up until now. So I do expect this lineup to be successful, mm-hmm. uh, maybe slightly better than the one with Tash Gibson. 
that was around plus 10, if I, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, this lineup will work and I think it can work even better because of the, the thing that we discussed in this, uh, the past two weeks that George is an amazing creator and also an amazing floor spacer. And this lineup will benefit a lot of, um, having him instead of Oladipo. Yeah. And you're putting Patterson out there who actually has gravity Mm-mm. by the end of the season. Sabonis really just didn't. And, you know, I, I, I'll give credit to Sabonis that a lot of people might discount that DRPM number. Like, he was actually like a fine defender uh, oh, yeah. a lot of times. And a lot of people look at him and see he think he's probably like some kind of slow-footed big guy who really isn't a four. Uh, but go back and watch. Because like he, his defense was probably actually his best attribute last season. Uh, his offense would come and go, and a lot of people probably think of him more as an offensive player. But defensively, like he he moved his feet really well. He's not like some like rim defender or anything like that. But he's he moves his feet well, and I do think he can play the four because of that. Um, but I do think also that Patterson is going to be able to bring a lot on that end as well. I don't think they're losing anything. Um, from Domas to Patrick Patterson. And then the truth is about uh, Paul George that maybe his numbers looked like that because he had to guard the best player on the other team. And mm-hmm. this season, it won't be that way. I mean, Robertson is going to guard that guy and take a ton of pressure, not only off of Russell Westbrook, but take a ton of pressure off of Paul George. Well, Paul George will be a more effective defender guarding the second best player on the wing. Uh, I just think this lineup is going to dominate. I just don't. I think it's going to be hard to stop uh, offensively, just because you have Westbrook and Paul George, Patterson stretching, and I think you're going to have an improved Stephen Adams. Uh, but then on defense, I think that this will be one of the best defensive lineups in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, back to Sabonis for for one second. I mean, everyone um, before last season, uh, if you ask them, what is the the, mo- the hardest thing that the rookie needs to learn in the NBA, they will. Everyone tells you that defense is really, really important for rookies. If you look back to Stephen Adams when he was a rookie, he wasn't the defender that Thomas was last year, like sure. by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that his offense was bad, but it was such a hard task for him to do. I expect him to do, to do different things. So maybe Indiana will never win this trade, but it will not look as bad as, as it look la- looks now because I think that both Thomas and in like minor part or depot will have like better season um, compared to what they had last uh, last year mm-hmm. and yeah I mean I, I completely agree on the defensive uh, part I mean Patterson is basically 100% of what Sabonis gave last Sabonis gave last year so we we are not losing anything uh, from from that switch. Uh, one interesting tweak about this lineup is what if Patterson actually doesn't start and you bring Abrinus instead and you go hmm. full Robertson and George uh, as three and four on offense and defense. So, or, or, or one other possibility is that you keep Patterson and George and you bring Robertson from the bench. Hmm. That's interesting. I would be shocked to see something like that. Uh, I think it's really interesting. I think that Robertson stays in the starting lineup. I think that it's more likely that Patterson's not there, and maybe they do bring in Abrinas or Jeremy Grant or somebody like that. Uh, 
but I still think that this is the most most likely the starting lineup and probably the lineup that plays the most minutes. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, it's, it was just like something to. Um, I mean, that is. I think it's there. Um, that Abrines has potential. Maybe before, like Eurobasket, uh, where he basically injured himself in the first game. Like a, it was like a, a meaningless game that ended after one quarter because Spain was already plus twenty or something like that. But he managed to hurt himself. And so before that injury, I was actually more inclined to think that he he had like a a, a real shot. Mm-hmm. At starting right now, he will probably be a bit rusty for training camp. Maybe he will not be ready for training camp. We we don't know yet. Most reports that um, I heard is that it, this is not serious. But you know, training camp is in what two weeks, three weeks. Uh, so we'll see. Before that, uh, I was mildly optimistic about that, but now maybe less because with this injury and like less time to to be ready probably uh, he will not be in the starting lineup starting of the season yeah and i don't think he'll start but i do think that he is of like bench players on good teams i think that he's like the breakout candidate uh he's young he's gonna have a bigger role uh, he's a second-year player, but he's also older than most second-year players. And he's just a lights-out shooter on a team that needs shooting. And so I just think that there, there's the minutes will be there. The role will be there. And I think that he's I think he's going to be really good. He doesn't waver in his confidence. Uh, I think that he can handle the ball a little bit more than what he showed last year. I just think he's he's going to be really good. And he has beefed up a little bit. I just think that that's going to help. And like you said, he knows where to be on defense. And now that he's got more strength and he has the experience of one NBA season, uh, I think that I look at him as a breakout candidate. Yeah, that that's very possible. And I hope that is the case. And I, I also hope that he will get the same amount of, of shots that he, he got last year. Mm-hmm. Because it's very important. I mean, I mean, if, if you... If they will pass him the ball like they, like they did last season, he will let it fly, yeah. uh, and, and with like no hesitation whatsoever, and he will have a, like a great season. He can he can take like six to eight triples per game easily, yeah, uh, and shot like around forty percent. Um, if that is the case, I mean, he will be crucial for uh, for OKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and one reason why I feel so confident about him, some people think that I'm like way too high on him. Uh, Russell Westbrook passes the ball to him, yeah. and if you watched last season, there were times that he wouldn't even look Domas's way. There were times that he wouldn't even look at Andre Robertson, even sometimes to Jeremy Grant, like he wouldn't even look his way. Uh, but there were there were a few plays, and I, I tweeted out a couple of videos where Russ will go out of his way to find Alex Abrinas on the perimeter. And that's one reason why I just feel so confident in that if Russ believes in you and you can hit those shots, uh, you are going to do very well for yourself on the yeah. thunder. Um, yeah. So I'm, that's, I mean, that's part of my reason for, for my excitement with him. Yeah. He, Russ even asked him to scream for him. 
Yeah. Like there were action with uh, a brilliant screening and then um, popping out um, like 45 degrees outside the three-point shot and Russ then three, hits him with uh, uh, quick passes. So, yeah, I mean, and that, that action can be there also with Paul George because he will handle the ball. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I do think that Alex has a chance uh, to be to be very good this this season because more spacing will help him even more. Yep, yeah, for sure. Uh, Michele, any other lineups that you'd like to share? We can maybe do one more. Oh, uh, let's see. I almost ran out of lineups, but let's look to maybe the final one. Or this was the um, uh, starting one. Um, let's do. Yeah, this this is maybe uh, a lineup that let's say it, it it is another alternative to the starting lineup that came out actually uh, pretty good, which is um, Westbrook, Abrines, Patterson, George, and Adams. So no Robertson. Okay, so we, 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 we these two lineups with with um, without Robertson or without Patterson is the one that uh, I was talking before. These are not as great as the previous one yeah. because mainly because of the defensive end. So if you take out Robertson and you put Abrines and um, you don't have either uh, Oladipo or Sabonis in the, in this, then your defense suffers. So, for example, here, the offensive rating is still very high because it's uh, like plus 123, but the defensive end uh, uh, struggles because it's um, 116. So, to, to your point before, you said Robertson will hardly come out of the starting lineup. Mm. This uh, this is mainly why uh, you don't want to have uh, Robertson away because your the, the, defen- the defense that he played last season was really great, and every lineup without Robertson basically suffered a lot on defense. So if you want to have like a balanced starting lineup with with good defensive potential, you most likely need to have Robertson uh, out there, and if you if you have also George, then your lineup is like really great on defense. And um, I mean, it will be hard to score against them. Yeah. Yeah. This, this lineup I see being a lineup that will just kill bad teams. Like you're playing the Kings or you're, you know, playing some team that doesn't really have like a go-to score on the wing where Robertson really won't even be effective because Mm -hmm. there were, there were games like against the Grizzlies where Robertson would be sitting out there guarding Vince Carter. And it's like, okay, well, now Robertson has no value at all. Because, yeah, exactly. Like, um, but then you bring Alex Sabrinas in. Like, Alex Sabrinas can guard Vince Carter. Like, he can play against the Kings. And he provides more spacing, and he is a, more of a ball mover. And that lineup, I feel like, will just kill bad teams. Yeah, you can sub him like um, if there, were, if as you said, there are no perimeter threat in in the other team, then you can like maybe after five, four or five minutes, you can sub in Abrines and give like a burst to your offense, and then maybe sub in some, uh, sub in some defense again uh, and control the game. Yeah, so actually, this could be the lineup that plays like. Um, in the first quarter when you do the first substitution and uh, maybe Robertson sits because he ne- he's needed later to provide uh, defense on the um, second unit. And, um, and yeah, that can work as well. Uh, I mean, the defensive side, again, the RPM really undervalues, I think, George. And this is the reason why the, the defense is so bad in this simulation. Um, 
so it may be actually even better than than what it looks right now yeah yeah i th- i think so and uh, it'll it'll be interesting to see what paul george does on the defensive end because i think that he will be a big difference maker in the fact that he's not going to ask to shoulder quite as much as he did last season especially like solomon hill like a lot of people like to dog on him and i don't think he's very good but at least he could have taken the best perimeter guy yes. on the other team last season I mean, C.J. Miles is not a good defender, and that's who he played a bulk of the minutes with on the wing. Um, and then, like, late in the season, you had Lance Stevenson, and, like, Lance really not going to do that either. Uh, it was Paul George. Paul George had to do it all. And I think that mm-hmm. that's probably part of the reason why he's like, I, I've just got to get out of here. Like, I, I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't do this with this team, and I have nobody else here on the wing to help me. And I think that... Uh, Paul George is going to gain a massive appreciation for Andre Robertson this season uh, just because he's going to lighten his load uh, and he's going to I, I feel like that's also a big reason why he's going to have the best season of his career he's going to have Russ to distribute to him and to create space and he's going to have Robertson who's going to do the job that he probably doesn't want to do so it's I think that this team is we discussed it before but it's perfect for Paul George yeah, it is. And maybe this, in the end, will be one of the main factors in his decision. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, if the team is tailor-made for you and you have, like, the best season of your life and you maybe get, like, first, second, third team NBA, NBA consideration again and your career is again on, on the rise, like, why changing? Why changing and risking to be, again, the guy to, who has to do it all every every given night without uh, any room for error? That is actually important for players, I think. So, OKC has a chance, again, to impress him and to make him thrive in this, um, in this environment and with this team. I mean, George can be maybe not an MVP candidate because, I mean, this will be very hard next season. But if Russ wants him to be the best player on the team, he can make that happen. Yeah, uh, yeah people forget that Russ in the playoff, when OKC got eliminated by Golden State, was passing the ball to KD um, 25.6 times per game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like no, no Warriors is passing the ball as much to KD. Yes, the shots are better, sure, mm-hmm. but I mean, Russ can pass you the ball as much as you need to to, to make you happy, like if you're a superstar. And I think this can actually work. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, Mikhail, thanks for coming on the show today. We can follow you on Twitter at Mikey Barra. We can follow your NBA project at chart underscore side. Uh, Really cool stuff. Mikey's is always doing great stuff. One of the smartest guys. when it comes to NBA stuff and it comes to the draft, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you can go to bigcartel.com backslash down to dunk and order the new down to dunk shirt. A few of you, I know tried to try to order, um, from what we had in stock and they were gone. Uh, please go back, order those. We're just doing an order this week for those t-shirts. So please go and check that out. Bigcartel.com backslash down to dunk. Also, we're looking for advertisers for this season. If you have a business or know of a business that might want to do some advertising, we are ramping up for the NBA season. We're looking for advertisers. Uh, so hit me up, uh, dcdpodcast at gmail.com. would love to hear from you. I uh, hope you have a great Monday, and we will talk to you guys Wednesday.